What is good, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I am your host, Paul J. Long, and we are brought to you, as always, by our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. To learn more of their amazing threads, please visit charliehustle.com. So I just flew back from Dallas this morning, and something incredible happened. I was working for a brand, an appliance dealer by the name of BrandSource that's uh, just second to none. I mean, they understand that at its core of everything that we do in retail or in corporate America or in sales or customer experience or whatever it may be, that people, your people, come first. And so I was hired to come in and to celebrate what they call their heavy hitters. Uh, essentially, they're the, the best in retail. They are the best of the best in what they do. They consistently hit their sales targets. They understand how to connect with customers. And, and basically, they're doing the damn thing. So I had a 945 flight this morning. And those of you that have been to Dallas, you understand that the traffic there can be at times somewhat unpredictable, <laughs> um, nasty, uh, just one of those things that you never know what time to leave because you don't know what traffic is going to do. So I have a 9.45 a.m. flight. So I'm trying to determine what time to leave in the morning uh, last night, the night before. Ultimately, I landed on 6.30 because I thought, well, no matter how bad I-35 gets, if I leave at uh, you know, 6.40, 6.45, I'll be good. So I'll set my alarm for 6.30. And ultimately, I will get to the airport with enough time to spare. Now, side note, I have stayed in this hotel, the Gaylord uh, in Grapevine, Texas, now for this is the third straight night. I haven't used the hotel alarm clock ever. It's not going off. I'm not leveraging it at all. I consistently use my cell phone alarm because I find that it's more dependable. Uh, it's the devil that I know. And ultimately, I scheduled my alarm for 6.30 a.m. So I wake up in the morning at 6 o'clock to the sound of the alarm from the hotel. Now, again... I've stayed here, this is now the third straight night, and never once has the alarm in the hotel gone off. How all of a sudden is it randomly set for 6 a.m.? Well, at this point, I'm up. So I shut off the alarm, I jump in the shower, I get ready in like 10 minutes, I pack up all my stuff, and I start driving to the airport. I get gas. I start to pull into the rental car place and I get a notification on my phone and it says that the 9.45 a.m. flight has been canceled. The sky is super dark. There's lightning everywhere. Crazy storms are going on. It's raining. It's bad news bears. So I'm like, this is weird. So I get on my phone app and I see that there is one flight that hasn't been impacted yet to Kansas City. And that is an 8.15 flight. So I change my flight. I get on. I get to the gate agent. Um, she ultimately tells me, or I get into the airport, sorry. I see the gate agent. And I ask her, I said, well, hey, what's the deal with all the cancellations? Because when I look 
at the departures, the sign in the airport at Dallas Love Field, I see literally 50% of the flights had been canceled. I mean, the weather was that bad. I said, I assume it's due to the lightning storm right now. Is that accurate? She says, oh, we have a huge storm coming in. This is just the beginning. So I said, well, what are the odds of this 815 flight going out? And she just holds up her two fingers crossed. The flight leaves on time, and I get into Kansas City. And mind you, I fly out again uh, on Wednesday. So this is basically my afternoon and evening with my family, the only one that I have this week. Now, just to backtrack, the alarm didn't go off the two previous days that I stayed at that hotel. I didn't set the alarm. The alarm randomly goes off at 6 a.m. I drive to the airport, and I find out that the 945 flight is canceled. But because I got up at 6 o'clock by set alarm, I was able to make the 815 flight. Energy, bruh. How crazy is that? To me, that's not coincidence. Recently had somebody reach out to me via my website, uh, pauljlong.com. It's brand new, so fresh and so clean. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. I'm super proud of it. But I get this, this inquiry, and you could sign up for you know mailers that'll basically provide you some ideas, some advice of how to create more fun in your life. And one of the first emails that go out to anybody that signs up is, what do you find or what, what do you find that create challenges in driving more fun in your life? And this young lady responds, she said, you know, the biggest challenge that I find in creating more fun in life is when I'm surrounded by negativity, either negative situations or negative people. Now, I respond by saying to her, now, I don't know you, ma'am. I don't know your situation. I don't know the life that you live. I don't know the circumstances that surround your life. I could never claim to walk a mile in your shoes. However, based on my own life experiences, what I have found is that once you change the energy within yourself, then the energy around you changes. If you're consistently finding yourself in situations where people bring you down or you're in an environment that brings you down, well, there's, there's only one thing that you could change, and that's you. So you have to take a hard look in the mirror, check out the energy that you bring each and every single day, and ask yourself, what am I doing to create this outcome in which I'm experiencing? Now, the gig that I was working was with BrandSource. I referenced that already. As I'm prepping for my day, I wake up and I don't have any power. Turns out that the whole, the whole building, the whole facility, the Gaylord in Grapevine, Texas, which is a massive, massive property, has lost power the day of my event. They don't have AC. I can't iron my clothes. 
For one reason or the other, the hot water isn't working. It must be electric. Boogie, woogie, woogie. But I mean, this thing is gone for six, seven, eight hours. So the power in the remainder of the building goes on, but the power in my tower remains off. Now, the frustrating thing about this particular situation is that when I decided uh, to book this travel for Brand Source, I decided to go in two days early for two reasons. The first reason is obviously it's beneficial sometimes when I go in and I meet the client and I understand their culture and their people and I get to I get to meet individuals so I could leverage those relationships and certain things that I learn in my actual keynote. But the second reason why I booked an early flight was because I, I've had this task looming over my head for about three months. And this task is essentially a workbook that'll be the catalyst for a three to five day workshop. This, this workbook is ultimately going to be available on Amazon. I'm going to sell it on my website and all that jazz. But, but in short, my publishing manager sent me this task roughly three months ago. She said, Paul, the project's looking great. We're sitting at roughly 79 pages. I need you to get to at least 100 in order for us to uh, make it a, a viable spined workbook option. So in the last three months, my life has been crazy, chaotic at times. We did Valley Lama, which basically I neglected my business for the last two months. I, you know, threw myself back into my business and I've been traveling like crazy. I could give you a number of different excuses because that's what they are as to why I didn't make this workbook a priority. But fast forward uh, three months later, I decide that I'm going to book this brand source uh, travel a little early so I could sit in my hotel room and I could finally finish the workbook. Now, day one, I have all day, all day to do it. And if you've ever had that project or that task, that to-do that's just looming over your head, we oftentimes, we know that if we just freaking did it, like if you just did it, if you just completed the task, then the bulk of the time, it wasn't. it's not even as bad as you think it is or that you make it as out to be in your head. In addition to that, we we underestimate the amount of time that we spend in our heads stressing about these tasks. Like I've been thinking about this this task, this workbook for the last 3 months. Like so much so that I've been I've been embarrassed to reach out to my publishing manager and tell her, you know, I I still haven't done much. And I you know, every 2 3 weeks I have to work up the courage to send an email to this lovely lady by the name of Lise in New Zealand and tell her, you know what, I, I'm, I'm certain that I seem like a flake. My apologies. I've had a lot of stuff come up. And there's just excuses. That's all it is. It's just excuse. I, I, I don't want to do it. That's, that's all it is. Side note, she doesn't care. She's already been paid in full for the project. She, she doesn't care at all. But for me, I just have this massive weight on my shoulders because I just, I feel like a flake. I understand that if I just did the task, I wouldn't be stressed out about it anymore and it's not going to be as bad as I thought. But 
Here it lies. Still something that I'm putting off. So I literally booked the travel two days early before my gig. And day one, I'm still not leveraging the time. I wake up the next morning, the morning that I just referenced, where the power was out. I went to bed. I got 11 hours of sleep, hyping myself up to sit down and do this workbook. And the second day, I wake up 7 o'clock and the power's out. Now, this is just another, it's another reason. It's another thing getting in the way now. I'm like, oh man, I can't get to this project. It just wasn't meant to be. But then I think to myself, you know what? This is probably the best thing that could happen to me. Because I can't be distracted by the TV. I'm not distracted by anything else. I tell myself I have 100% of battery life on my computer. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to work on this workbook. And that's exactly how that stuff goes down. I bust out about three hours of content and, and I am nearly done. So for three months, I've been stressing about this one task. I sit down for three hours and it's almost complete. Why? Why do we wait so long to do things that we don't want to do? Knowing that if we just did them, life would be easier. Stress would be mitigated. Good energy would come. Now, three hours of working on the workbook, I have a sound check at two o'clock. Starting to wonder when the power is going to come back on. So I got to iron my clothes. I got to shower. I got to blow dry my hair, believe it or not. So I call the front desk and I say, ma'am, listen, I know that you have no control over the power. And I understand that you guys are in a predicament. And this obviously isn't the first time that anybody's called you. I'm just curious what options do I have? I have a pretty big function coming up at two o'clock. I need to get ready. I don't have access to any of the things necessary for me to get ready. So she goes, can I place you on hold for just a brief moment, sir? She comes back on and she's giddy with excitement. I mean, she says, Mr. Long, we have some great news for you. And I said, yeah, shoot, what is it? She's like, well, I talked to the spa And they are willing to allow you to come down and leverage their facilities. So you can shower and you could use all the finest supplies in men's care. And uh, potentially just, you know, whatever you need. If you want to do the steam room or the sauna, you can do that too. Just relax. I said, well, that is great news, ma'am. What do I do about my ironing situation? She said, hmm, great question. Well, You know, sometimes when I'm in a bind like that, you know, I find a box or something like that and I could I could actually iron over a hard surface. So this isn't the best option possible, but it's the only option I have. So here I am, I I pack up my outfit, I grab the iron, I go down the hall, down the elevator, seven flights, I walk through the whole property to get to the spa. I take a shower, I iron my clothes, I do my hair with the blow dryer. Some of you guys are thinking, Paul, I've seen you. You don't need no blow dryer. I get done, I go back upstairs, 
and I'm ready for my day. And I talked to at least three individuals that were at this conference, and they were, they were mad as a hornet that they didn't have power. But again, like that's something that you can't control. The only thing you control is the energy that you bring and how you respond. So as I'm sitting there without power, I mean, I'm a goofball. I'm going through my content, trying to remember the sponsors and the names of which I'm calling up on stage for photos. And I'm, I'm literally doing basketball moves in my hotel room with no AC. I mean, I'm doing spin moves and layups as I'm talking through my content. Just a big old clown. I decided to go downstairs, enjoy the AC, and the space or venue in which I'm going to be presenting some four hours later. And as I'm, I'm walking by, I see two gentlemen standing in uh, what is known as the marketplace. And they're kind of, they're, they're both propping themselves up against the, the door jam on each respective side of the opening or entrance. One gentleman's name is Nick, and the other gentleman's name is Doc. As I walk by, I make eye contact with Doc, and he's got this beautiful purple bow tie on and this huge smile. If I had a venture guess, I would say that he was mid-60s, African-American, and just bubbly, full of, full of joy. He looks at me, he sees my bow tie, and he says, my man. He said, I love the look. And I said, thank you, sir. Game recognizes game. And I walk by. Now, I realize as I get about mm, 300 yards, I remember that I forgot some resource that I, that I need uh, to do the dang thing on stage. It's the list of names for all the, the heavy hitters, the individuals that we're going to be celebrating. So I retract my steps. I go by said gentleman, Nick and Doc. And Doc says, you'll never, you'll never believe it. There's a gentleman, had a beautiful bow tie on just like you just came through here. I said, man, was he a handsome fellow and just had the energy of 10,000 men? He said, I know that's right. <laughs> he said, hey, sir, what do you do? I said, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker. Doc looks back at Nick. And he said, I told you, man, I told you. Didn't I tell you? I told you. I said, well, what'd you tell him? He said, I said, man, he's got too much energy. He's got to do something. I bet, I bet you he's speaking at this conference. He said, now, I, I told him, he said, I told Nick that guys like that, you know, they got to they gotta pump themselves up. They got to talk themselves up. They got to they gotta create all this energy in their head because when they get up in front of the group, it just zaps them because they, they, they give all of their energy to the group. He said, that's, that's all they got. So then... When they go back to their room, they got to be zapped, right? I said, well, it's partially true. I mean, I will say that I have a lot of energy, but this is just me innately. I'm always this way. He said, you, you are not always this way. I said, no, sir, you should have seen me in my room earlier. Doc, I'm always this way. Innately, I, I just, I have this much energy. He said, how many Red Bulls you been on? I said, I don't drink Red Bulls. I don't do coffee very often. You don't want to see me on coffee. He said, well, I, you got to sleep at night. How you sleep at night? I said, well, Doc, the speakers and the individuals that have resonated most with me in life are individuals that are genuine and authentic. 
I am on stage who I am when you see me in the streets, when you interact with me as a friend, when you have a conversation with me as a family member. Do I have bad days? Yes, I have bad days. Are there times where I'm tired? Of course I'm tired. But all in all, I would say that generally speaking, if you were to catch me out and about or at my home, you'd see me with a smile on my face acting a damn fool. He said, oh, how, do you, how do you sleep at night? And I said, well, I sleep at night because I don't stress anymore. I don't stress about things. See, I never have to worry about the lie that I told or remember who I'm trying to be. I don't stress about money anymore because, again, energy, I believe that if you're putting good energy out, then, then good energy is going to come back. I know that if I show a genuine interest in others, I know if I'm relatable and I'm vulnerable and, and I strive to be the best at my craft, well, then I won't have to worry about money because ultimately the bills are going to find a way to pay themselves based on the relationships that I create. So I said, I rest easy at night, brother, because I'm free. He said, now I told, I told Nick, I told him everything that you are. I told him, didn't I say that? I told him. He said, who, who raised you? Were your grandparents that raised you? I said, they, my grandparents didn't raise me. But I can tell you that one of my best friends my whole entire life was Paul Joseph Strahler, my grandfather. He played such a significant role in my life. I loved him so much. Love what he stood for. Hell, I even got his name. He says, I know that's right. Nick, I told you. I told you everything about this guy, didn't I? I told you everything he is. I said, yeah, doc, you did. But you also told him everything I wasn't. See, you also told him that this isn't me 100% of the time. You also told him that I'm not always authentic or genuine or energetic. See, that's where judgments get in the way. When you see good energy, when you feel good energy, when you surround yourself with good energy, when you're vulnerable and you're 100% authentic and you're yourself as much as you possibly can be, and you're living just a, a genuine life, then you might find that stress begins to mitigate itself. It starts to disperse. You don't have to remember the lies that you told. You don't have to stress about things that are outside of your control because you're living free. I talked a lot today about Energy. At the end of the day, everything that we are, everything that we experience, everything that you have, it's about energy. So what energy are you bringing today? I challenge you to find the best in yourself. Live the most authentic version of you. And see how you could alter your experience on life or the environments in which you find yourself in by bringing energy to the table. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, I want to thank you for your support of the Fundamism Podcast. Your support means the world to me. I couldn't continue down this path and this journey if it wasn't for you. As always, if there's, there's any topic that you want to hear about, you want to give me feedback on any podcast, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. I would love to speak on topics 
that most resonate with you. Because if you want to hear about something, if you're experiencing something, well, then most likely some of our other other listeners are as well. Have an absolutely blessed day. Visit pauljlong.com to learn more about the offerings that we have. There's a free workbook on there. Ultimately, you could swoop up the Charlie Hustle and Fundamism branded shirt, the book. All of those things can be found at pauljlong.com or fundamism.com. Hey, go out, create some fun for yourself and in the life of others. Have a blessed day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Deuces!